Hey, it's Rob from the Grim Tidings Podcast. Well, the holidays are here, and in true grimdark fashion, we have a dark tale for you, dear listener. Fuck You Santa is a short story written by past guest Will Bly, narrated by C.D. Gallant King. It's dark, it's funny, it's inappropriate, it's just like our podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information, and on behalf of Philip and myself, happy holidays, and we hope you enjoy this reading of Fuck You Santa. Fuck You Santa, a Christmas story by Will Bly. I believe in Santa Claus because I met him. And guess what? He's an asshole. It all started when I was, oh, say four or five years old. I had just finished watching the Elf Christmas special with my mom and dad. I felt pretty shitty and depressed for a little kid, so much that even a few sugary Christmas Eve cookies failed to lift my spirits. I watched each cookie drown in my milk and dissolve into little bits, before ultimately drinking their slushy demise. This was perhaps the first time in my life when I realized Christmas wasn't all about presents and begging for candy from a bunch of guys half in the bag hanging off a fire truck. 1987? 8? 1987. Yeah, 1987 became my first depressed holiday. Maybe it wasn't just Elf. Maybe I was just born with it. Or maybe it is because this would be the last Christmas with my parents together. I can't really remember how much I knew about the upcoming split at the time, but I remember that I knew something. Between the hooting and the hollering and the speed with which the empty wine bottle stacked up by the trash, I'd gathered something was up. So I wrote a note to old St. Nick, asking all I want for Christmas was my parents to stay together, and I left it by the fireplace. I decorated it with milk and cookies for the jolly fat man. I even left carrots for his trusty reindeer and a red light bulb for Rudolph, just in case he needed a replacement. Everything was in order a grand gesture sure to secure my reasonable request. I would go to sleep, awake the next morning, and find my parents working in unison to create the best Christmas breakfast ever. It didn't happen. Ended up being the worst Christmas ever, in fact, and they were divorced the next year. In the spirit of compassion and forgiveness, I gave Mr. Claus a handful of years to make things right. I would, without fail, write him a letter each year inquiring about the status of my request, and each year I received no response. I instead received an influx of presents since I now had two Christmases at two homes. Goody. I may have been miserable without my family, but hey, I had all the micro-machines, Masters of the Universe action figures, pogo balls, etch-a-sketches, and even a roller racer. Yes, the roller racer was the best. I rolled myself down a hill once and ended up using my elbows and knees as brakes. Just about skinned myself alive. One year, Santa gave me a Teddy Ruxpin. You know, the creepy stuffed bear with the built-in tape deck. The way that thing spoke and looked around reminded me of the sort of strangers I've been told not to accept candy from, nor speak to. So it was 1990 that I happened across the movie Troll 2, and it gave me an idea to get even with Santa Claus. Now, a solid ten years old or so, I set out his milk and cookies, the carrots, and I waited for my mom to go to sleep, and then I peed. A few drips here, and a few drips there, here a drip, there a drip, everywhere a drip, drip. A little sprinkle in his milk ensured the sour aftertaste I envisioned him having. I also penned the shortest letter I ever wrote and left it near my handiwork. Fuck you, Santa. Ten years old and invincible, I sauntered up to bed all smug-like and crawled under the covers. Let him think on that. The next morning I received punishment, not only for the mess I made, but also because a healthy dollop of reindeer poop filled my stocking. The texture was dry, the smell of rotten eggs. My mom didn't even try to wash or salvage it. Her face stretched in anger. 
She chased me around, whacking me with a wooden spoon until she tired. Pulled out some eggnog, spiked it with rum, and slammed it back. Santa had escalated things. His frame job had brought me physical pain. I had to make him pay. The next year, I crept downstairs after my mother went to bed. I locked everything tight and set the alarm system. Tried to get around that, Santa. I even stoked a hot fire in the fireplace so he couldn't do that magical dust thing he does to get his fat ass down the chimney. Yep, right on time, the alarm screamed in the early morning. My mom thought it was a home invasion, but I knew it was old St. Dick. I found my presence on the lawn outside, snow-covered and scattered. A light bright displaying a middle finger sat on the porch. A snowman I made earlier in the week held a Game Boy in its icy grasp, its insides wet and frozen, never to work again. Of course, I got punished again, even got sent off to a boarding school. Touché, you old fat bastard, I thought, and set about my grandest plan yet. There is one time a year during which all boarding students come home. Care to guess when that might be? For Christmas, of course. The night before Christmas, I used my dad's old ladder and ran a sturdy rope above the roof of my house. I tied it from one tree to another tree on the other side of the house. I used knots I learned in Cub Scouts. Never did make it to the next level. The rope felt taut and ready. I waited for the sound of tumbling reindeer. But he didn't come. Nor the next year or the year after that. He must have deciphered my plan and decided to just leave me on the naughty list and move on with his duties. But I wouldn't give up. By the age of 16, I became consumed by the urge to wipe that smile off his fat, jolly face. That's when I found the nice girl I could. A few months later, we were going steady. Mary had the kind of sweetness Santa couldn't resist. My grand plan came to fruition that year. 1991 or 92 or 93, somewhere in there. Those of you who remember the Tickle Me Elmo pandemonium of the mid-90s might be interested to know that the Tickle Me Tasmanian Devil would have been all the craze instead if I hadn't done what I did. Because of me, Santa missed a lot of kids that year. Soon after, the company that made Tickle Me Taz lost its rights to Looney Tunes and gained rights to Sesame Street. Yep, the rest is history. Mary's parents allowed me to sleep over Christmas Eve, in the living room, in my own sleeping bag. Once she and her family were asleep, I sprang into action. I grabbed a backpack that was supposed to be my change of clothes. I'd filled it with two-liter bottles of water. I slipped through the glass sliding door at the back of the house and walked to their side property, where I had left a ladder. Once on their roof, I poured water everywhere I could. I waited for it all to freeze and added another layer. By the time I finished, a layer of ice a solid centimeter thick encased the house. Drowned. There hadn't been any precipitation over the last few days, so Santa wouldn't be on the lookout for black ice. I slunk back inside, content with my plan. I slipped back into my sleeping bag and stared at the ceiling in the moonlit living room. I never felt so happy and in control. This time, Santa would pay. A great amount of time passed as I smiled and squirmed with glee in my sleeping sack. I must have looked like some mad caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. It happened suddenly, shortly, and much more quietly than I had imagined it would. The skittering of the hooves on the thick ice, the out-of-control sliding of the sleigh. Even Santa must have panicked in mute. Perhaps fear is silent, after all. I puffed out my chest and stifled a laugh as I snuck outside. I traipsed through the old snow, crushing the hardened skin of it. I walked into the woods next to the house, looked, and listened. The moon's bright reflection banked off of the snow, illuminating the trees. Flurries began to fall. Something moved behind me. I spun to be met face to face with two reindeer. 
Their muzzles snarled, their antlers angled down in threat. The tilt of their heads drew violence around their eyes. They walked me backwards. Understanding what they wanted, I turned and walked into the woods. I smiled at some broken trees, the proof my plot had worked. It was when I came to the clearing that my smile wavered. The snow began to fall a bit heavier. I walked past a reindeer sitting like a human, back against a tree, straight arms reaching past a furry belly and down to its chestnuts. Rough landing, I said through a wince. A booming voice reverberated off the surrounding trees. Oh, oh, you could say that, Stanley. You could say that. That's when I saw him. From the back, he just looked like he did out of the children's books. Maybe a bit lighter on the weight, though, and he had a flask of some sort hanging around his shoulder. Big puffs of hot air followed him around as he assessed the damage to his sleigh. He looked like a jolly locomotive. Two small people, I guess Santa's elves, sat on the ground with their backs to the sleigh. One had a bandage wrapped around his head and another laid out unconscious. Serve your little bastards right, I thought. A sharp prod in the back reminded me that I was being walked at antler point. I moved forward. Santa, I got you, you son of a bitch. He spun on me. I expected to see eyes full of fury, a menacing fist raised in the air. Santa stood much taller and much larger than I had ever imagined. His girth indicated an ability to lift that great magical bag of presents over his head and smash me to bits with it. Truth be told, stuck between angry reindeer and Santa, whose Christmas I'd ruined, I might have very well shit my pants right there on the spot. The snow fell regularly now. Something froze me all right, but it wasn't fear after all. The look on his face, sad and forlorn, chubby dimples, had become weighty wrinkles. Bags sullen beneath his eyes. His bottom lip quivered. In fact, his entire face seemed to flap and wave like a carpet being aired out on the front porch. Stan. His booming voice lacked the ability to speak softly. You went through all this trouble to trick me, to hurt us, to ruin Christmas for however many more children. I ruin nothing, old man. All the stupid kids and whoever else will just get gifts from their families anyway. Walmart is all they need to save their Christmas. You are just upset the world won't miss a beat without jolly old Saint Nick. Though he doesn't look so jolly anymore, does he? Santa put a hand on the elf with a headdressing inside. Stanley McGivens was my favorite child in all of New Haven, the child with the largest heart and quickest wit, more potential than all the spoiled brats in California combined. I thought maybe you were going to do great things. You certainly could have. I have to admit Santa's tone caught me off guard. I expected conflict and anger, the type I shared with those close to me. I couldn't have been more wrong. What is this? I asked. Maybe a talk that we should have had long ago, and for that I'm sorry. I thought tough love was the way to go with a tough little brat like you. I was wrong. Who are you to talk to me like that? I'm your father, son, and you have been on my naughty list far too long. I elbowed away the antlers sticking in my back. You what? You are so full of shit. Santa's gaze didn't waver. Truth is, your mom and I shared a moment underneath a mistletoe one night, just before she married your dad. It was reckless. Stupid, but not wholly regrettable. She had you. A strange feeling grasped me then, an uncanny understanding that what he said was truth, like an ape or other creature who recognized his parents through biological instinct. I had no words, and so Santa continued. We talked for a while about her calling off the wedding, for her to come and be the new Mrs. Claus. Don't you have a Mrs. Claus? Cancer. Some years ago, I'm afraid. She did not share my gift of longevity.
His eyes drifted somewhere far away. Oh, where was I? She didn't want that life for you. She wanted a regular kid's life. And so we agreed to part ways as if it never happened, and she'd raise the child as if we had never happened. Santa sat on the snow next to the injured elves who listened in silence. His head knocked back against the sleigh. The elf next to him squeaked out of discomfort. It went on that way for quite a while. But then the letters started to come. My son's letters. So kind and sweet. He took up a wad of snow from the ground and started packing it into a snowball. I made a mistake. I tried asking her if I could be part of your life again. It was the Christmas before you asked me to keep your parents from divorcing. But we got caught. We had said too much before finding your dad waiting for us there in the hallway, pain filling his eyes. I can't believe this, I said. Your dad tried for another year to raise you as his own, to live the lie, but it was no use. Then they split. Shortly thereafter, I drank a glass of milk with a sprinkle of my own son's piss in it, and here we are. Santa came to town, and your parents went to Splitsville. You are a jerk, Santa laughed. Yes, but even though the snowflake falls far from the cloud, it takes a piece of the cloud with it. He gestured around the debris in the clearing. Like you've been any better? I opened my mouth to protest, but something came shambling towards us out of the darkness. Rudolph, called Santa. Are you okay? Rudolph limped over to him. He had a shattered light bulb for a nose. What the hell? I remember wondering. His nose really screws in, like in the old movies? Yes, that's right, Santa said as if he read my mind. The old man stood and dusted the snow from his red suit. Even at such a young age, you realize that Rudolph did, in fact, have a light bulb nose. He had a rare disease early in his life that ate away the old one. Actually, he walked back to his sleigh and rummaged around. Here it is. An old light bulb fit between his thumb and pointer finger. You remember this? He tossed it to me. I caught it. That's... I, I gave that to you. Well, put it on him. Rudolph limped to me. The shame of the injury I'd caused this poor animal boiled under my cheeks. I likely looked as red as Santa did that night. I grabbed at the broken bulb and cut myself a little, but I was grateful for the pain. The thing came loose and I screwed in the new bulb. Bursts of bright red splashed forward as Rudolph got used to his new bulb. The reindeer leaned forward and licked me then. And that's when I burst into tears. To experience such forgiveness when I deserve none. Santa came and hugged me. Son, you are right. I've been an asshole and so have you. Everyone is destined to be an asshole at some point or another. Why not cut each other a break over the holiday season?